Hey everybody, welcome into episode 13 of your Corporate Global Dynasty podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hawes. And I'm your host, William Spicer. Spicer, good morning and a good week to you here as we put week nine behind us in the NFL. We have a huge show ahead of us today. We're going to do a bit of a mid-season review, uh, give out our normal awards, but as well as a few other extras. Uh, I know we're past midway in the fantasy season, but uh, just hit midway in the NFL season. Yep, it's going to be a it's going to be a heck of a show today. Get ready for a, a great ride. It absolutely is, and uh, we only have one trade to talk about, which will uh, leave us a good good amount of room here for these these extra goodies. Um, so let's go over it real quick. Uh, we've got the Marley Magic acquiring Sterling Shepard, and they sent their 2021 third to Colton, the Pit Kings, um, for him. What do you think? Well, you know, uh, I think this trade, it had, Marley Magic did need someone at wide receiver flex who is just somewhat worthwhile to play and has some amount of upside. So I think Sterling Shepard will be fine. And I think a third is sort of fine. I think it's all. I think it's all fine. Nothing too terribly exciting, but a good as good of a uh, lottery pick at the third round. It's like the equivalent sort of gamble. Yeah, I think this is a uh, yeah exactly how you described it. Makes perfect sense here. Uh, since he came back from injury, um, including this week now, uh, Sterling Shepard scored like seventeen, fifteen, and eleven points. So um, great flex player and um, fills a, a much needed uh, gap there in the roster for Marley Magic so um, I like the trade for both teams here especially as Colton um, has has lost again which we'll talk about but um, acquiring another pick is, is always good so that's all we've got trade wise so we can just kind of dive right into a, a weird week nine in the NFL um, not a lot of close games uh, last night's game was pretty close I guess we can start there um, I don't know what to think about the Patriots. <laughs> I, I, I understand why uh, why you had that stutter. Because what do you even say about this terrible Monday night game? It's like I don't know if it's been you know I've tried to stick up for Cam in the past weeks and things like that, and it's like is it one of those things where like we're just not our our brain can't accept what our eyes are seeing that the Patriots just actually are bad. Yeah, so last night was kind of it was kind of hard for me because I was watching that game and Cam Newton looked pretty good in the first half. Like I think he went like ten for ten to start the game and like overall was very efficient. But like on that fourth and inches play where he does <laughs> the play action rollout and slips and like mm. just just some stuff like that, it was it was like watching it was like watching one of the, like, like someone in Space Jam having their powers drained out of them, but very slowly. <laughs> it's like we're slowly watching Cam Newton get Space Jammed away from all of his powers, or, and, it's kind of sad. Like it doesn't. It like it. It's sad to watch Cam because I want him to be, the the Cam that we know, but I just don't know how much is left in the tank for him. Like I think that age and the amount of just shoulder like pe- putting entire teams on his back kind of affected him now 
Yeah, and I think that's um, that's gone. Um, at least I'm pretty sure it is. And and I know you know we've talked about the terrible receiving, and so maybe if there's some help there, it it gets a little different. But at this point, I'm not so sure. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm not so sure. So it's likely that that this this is just all done. I mean, they won the game, so like you know there is that, but. They've got no shot in the in the division and probably not in the wild card, you know, either as far as playoffs go. So I'm not sure where they go uh, from here. But um, if I were you, I'm just gonna say this. I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I'd be trying to sell Jacoby Myers. I think I would be shocked if he continues to put up things like that for the rest of the season. Yeah, it's it's tough to know. like. I do just love him as a 23 year old. So that's there's part of me that's just like, oh well he might as well just be another fourth round pick for me right now, probably. So that's true. Um, but we can talk about that more later, but I kind of agree, but also I'm like, he could just not be on this team. He's still young enough to still move. That's fair. Yeah. Very true. Um, and I, I don't quite know if he's even done enough yet to, for you to be able to, to trade him for mm-hmm. something, but, um, I, I would not, be putting a lot of stock into him. Um, so yeah, the, we can kind of work backwards here for a second. Um, cause the, the other primetime game, talk about one of the biggest letdowns that I can remember is maybe I remember there was a, a Rams game several years back that was really hyped up and ended up being bad. But this was like, I was so excited for Buck saints. We had Antonio oh. Brown first game. You had Michael Thomas coming back from injury and then, Goodness gracious. Terrible. Well, well, and it was it was one of those games that it was terrible all around because neither team played great. So it wasn't like fun to watch like one team like really pop off. Um, and then it was so one-sided. It was both teams played poorly, but somehow one team managed to luck <laughs> kind of like stumble into k- killing the other team. So there, so at least last night's game was competitive and they were terrible. It's kind of like watching, kind of like yesterday was on you know, Monday night with the Jets was kind of like stepping back and watching a two bad high schools play football, but at least they're like on the same level. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the that other the Bucks game. I mean, what did you like? Did you did you watch the whole thing? I think I turned it off in the midway through the third quarter. Um, and the funny thing was, I, we were sitting at home, and um, Marianne was like trying to study, and I turned off her ambient world to turn this game on, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, trust me, it's gonna be like a really good game. Like I'm so excited, and like she just kept looking over at me, like at different points, like you don't even seem like you care about this, and I'm like, I don't. It's terrible. Like it's just I had so much hype. Like I said, I really wanted to see Antonio Brown and Michael Thomas, and it was just ugly. And then of course Taysom Hill's running around doing his stupid little tricks all over the place. And I'm like, yeah, this this is bad. I need to get away from this. Oh, yeah. Also, what? Yeah, I'm I'm kind of done talking. That game kind of made me mad because I was just like, why, why aren't the Saints running the ball up 31 points with 40 minutes left in the game? It's like 10 minutes left in the second quarter and they're up <laughs> 31 to nothing. Yeah, the one thing that I did see because I flipped it back over to the game towards the end was like them just slapping Tom Brady in the face, throwing Drew Brees back in the game to get that extra touchdown pass. Um, 
which was just like a clear like haha you know i'm gonna keep running up the score um and it's just weird one thing i I was thinking about during this game is you know they talked throughout the whole broadcast about breeze and brady and you know they were i guess breeze was up what three four touchdowns after brady didn't throw any in the all-time standings and how they keep going back and forth and yada yada and it is really interesting and it it's cool that we're that we are living during this time but then one of the things i was thinking about was with the way the game has changed so much like it's going to be very funny in our lifetimes the guys that end up passing them and like pushing them way down the rankings oh yeah like i mean i'm talking like matt stafford uh matt ryan like these guys who are very much like good but just the definition of like average in modern like passing game nfl and they're just going to destroy these records oh yeah so so you're thinking of those those guys are going to end up beating those records because i was thinking more of like patrick mahomes is going to absolutely destroy that record barring any catastrophic injury like oh for sure and he rightfully so like he will i think you know I mean, if, if things stay on the trajectory they are now, of course. I mean, this weekend he was he hit 100 and was the first or fastest to 100 touchdowns. But I mean, if you look up the stats of like Stafford and <clears throat> excuse me, Stafford and Matt Ryan, like you know they still have the years left. Maybe Stafford more than Ryan even. I think um, just because he's still out there. I don't know. Matt Ryan's had a lot of garbage time points for me this year. So, anyways, if they both play to the ages that these guys are playing. Like, they got him. Uh, yeah. Which is just hilarious. Yeah, well, that's, you know, like, they just, they're, they're much more about that, that volume life. <laughs> just, they just, and, and efficiency. All of those are very efficient, except for Stafford, I would say. Yeah, his uh, huge numbers just come from, like, years and years of losing <laughs> and trying to get anything, but. Oh, yeah, and I, Megatron. That's true. That did help a lot. Um, but yeah, I think you'll see like Russell Wilson, uh, both of those guys. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that's like currently. I don't know. I, get, I mean, Roethlisberger has played very well this year after like seeming like he could be on the way out. Like if he plays a few more, four more, a few more years, um, he could catch up to them as well. But um, I just think it's funny because it's like one of those things where uh, these records that they're setting are not unbreakable and like I, very average people will break them yeah yeah i was thinking uh like kurt cousins is another one who's in that who's only th- like 32 right now so yeah if, if he, he can maintain contracts yeah. yeah yeah um let's talk i just mentioned russell wilson probably the worst game at least in my memory of watching him that he's ever played and the bills just smash the seahawks yeah uh josh allen getting it done i didn't actually get to catch too much of this game but it seemed like to me the bills jumped out to an early lead and they just like never looked back like everything just went according to plan for them yeah i unfortunately had um put some money on the seahawks and the ravens and the Ravens did their part, and the Seahawks did not. And I, I was uh, every time that they jump back into red zone, like, and I was kind of doing stuff around the house while red zone was playing, and I would hear that they would go to that game, and I'd be like, oh great, now they're gonna ca- they're gonna catch up. Then it was just the Bills every time, just scoring more points. I know, and 
Yeah, I for some reason I still just don't don't believe in the Bills, even though I know they're I good. Either. I still just can't. There's some. It's just. Mm. No, I'm there with you. I think yeah. this uh, this should have been the game that would make us believe, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still just, I don't know. The Titans blowout is weird, and um, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still weary. So we'll see what happens with them. Um, we do. <laughs> this is funny. Uh, the Chargers are becoming just. They already were a meme, but it's like, it's almost like they do it on purpose now. The way they're losing. Oh yeah, it's. Did you get to see that the end of that like on TV? Um. Yes, I did. <laughs> so funny. Like, you knew it wasn't a touchdown. Oh yeah, of course it wasn't. Um. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand how the Chargers just do this. Also, it was in a pick'em scenario, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, there's got to be some people who are really just like, oh no." Yeah. I'm in Vegas on this one. I didn't yeah, that was that. one. Yeah, I had taken the Raiders and uh, felt pretty good about it until that, and then I was like, "Oh no, it's fine." But I wish I had some of the stats for the Chargers in front of me because I I heard several of them like on TV and then like seen them on Twitter and stuff since then, but the amount of one score losses just continues and piles up again. Um, because they only lost by five, but it was even funnier because, you know, they were legit celebrating. Like they just, they did it. They finally got over the hump. Um, and I, it is weird for Justin Herbert because like they're two and six and like, he's gotten a ton of praise. Like I think rightfully so, like for the most part, Mm -hmm. it's not his fault. They're losing these games. Um, but it feels like they should be much closer to, 500 the way he's been playing yeah well well can i ask you the is same thing apply to joe burrow i was looking at at cincinnati's record and they're what two five and one i think mm-hmm. and so, yeah I same, think same deal like I, I don't think anyone would say justin herbert or joe burrow hasn't been anything just like short of great in their first seasons as a rookie quarterbacks but they're still just not winning yeah, I think, and and there is some similar. I think the the Bengals have lost most of their games also pretty uh, closely too. So, mm-hmm. um, it, it's you're right. It's not like either of them are getting just blown out or anything. Um, so that'll be interesting to see because I don't, I haven't paid close enough attention to the Bengals to know like what their problem is. I, I don't know if it's defense or or what because both the Bengals and the Chargers both have some pretty good offensive weapons like some decent running backs and some good wide receivers and stuff so um, maybe it probably is just defense which can be fixed relatively quickly in a draft I guess so uh, we'll keep an eye on them Um, let's see what else we have here Uh, Tua looked really good another young quarterback with the win Uh, and the Dolphins are five and three yeah so I I didn't get to catch too much of this game this was a uh of my screen time that the one that I was catching like mostly red zone highlights Mm. of, but I did, but I was also looking more for the Cardinals than I was to the dolphins. So I didn't get to see too much. The dolphins defense again, though, really pumping out the young quarterback. Absolutely. Um, the defense seems really good. Uh, I mean, they, they let 31 points, but I mean, it is Kyler Murray and he was awesome too. Uh, I think this was a coaching loss because 
Um, you said you didn't see much of this. I don't know if you saw this, but there was a one point there was like a fourth and one maybe uh, where the Cardinals could have gone for it. This was at the very end of the game, uh, you know, in Dolphins territory. They could have gone for it and then tried to win. And instead they just tried to kick the field goal to, to win it and they missed like a 49-yard field goal. Oh, I did That's see this. Unacceptable. So, um, but yeah, Tua played pretty good. Uh, I think he had like almost 250 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, he had a Tannehill day. Yeah, that is a very Tannehill stat line. Like under 30 passing attempts and uh, two, 240 yards. But 75% so, completion rate, no turnovers. Yeah, no turnovers. Yeah. Yep. That's, uh, the, that's what we call the like lifetime game manager. Like, yeah, <laughs> that, yes. that is the definition of that. Like, let me do the bare minimum to get me through this game. Which is all you really want from a rookie quarterback. Like, yeah, it is. He, if he's doing that now, then once he gets more comfortable, then you start letting him like expand past that, and he should be good. So exciting things coming from from Tua. Um, that's about all I have. I, I did uh, watch a good bit of the Chiefs game and Patrick Mahomes uh, doing Patrick Mahomes things. So, um, yeah, that can they keep on keep on rolling there, and then we'll have to talk about all of our. Oh, should we talk about the Thursday night game? Oh yeah, forget that. It feels like a lifetime ago, but the Packers and um, Niners, right? Uh, yeah, that was a weird game. Just Rogers and Adams just. Going off again. Yeah, insane uh, connection for like the second week in a row. And Aaron, Aaron Jones really let you down fantasy-wise there. Well, I didn't play him. I oh, you didn't? Him. That's right. Because you yeah. at first you like regretted it because he started off with like he busted. Yeah, run. he had all he had ten of his twelve points in the first drive or something dumb. Yeah, it's like that's oh true. gosh, here we go. Um, that's yeah, that ended up working out okay. Um, yeah, Rogers was awesome in that game. Like I think he had four touchdowns and. Uh, Nick Mullins is fine, but they're not gonna go anywhere with Nick Mullins. I don't know if we go anywhere with Jimmy G, but that's fair. Um, <laughs> if only but, they had Carson Wentz. Yeah, no joke. Well, we only have a high, <laughs> uh, like two other games to at least talk about. I do want to say that the Giants football team, like versus the football, the Washington football team mm-hmm. game was way more enjoyable than uh, I was expecting, and I think a lot of that is because. Um, there are a lot of lottery tickets like Darius Slayton or Antonio Gibson or Antonio Gibson, just random players who this is a game where they get to like shine. Like they're finally, they're evenly matched in terms yes. of skill with younger players. Yeah. And that game seemed to dominate red zone. I don't know <laughs> if it was like the timing of commercials or something, but yeah, that was weird. Uh, I felt like I watched almost that entire game, even though I was on NFL Red Zone. Um, but yeah, the Daniel Jones still bad. I think um, won the game, and uh, I did see that he is now four and zero against the Washington Football Team, and one in like a high number against the rest of the NFL. <laughs> so you got to do better than that if you're gonna <laughs> gonna stick around in, in the NFL. But um, I do think the Washington Football Team's uh, like pass pass rush is really exciting um mm-hmm. going forward like they had i think like four or five sacks in that game um and chase young is just a beast yeah like that dude is so good 
Yeah, the, in that I knew I you know I only know about defense now really from playing against them, and I remembered playing against the Redskins. I was like, why is it like that's like the worst matchup, and they had like the number one pass defense going into this week, and I think they're probably going to keep it that way. Yeah, it's very bizarre. Insane. Um, yeah. Also, Washington football team keep keep all the branding exactly as you have it. I have like. The, the yellow number on the helmet, very mm. plain, basic. The whole thing is working for me, and I think you should just roll with it, honestly. Yeah, I think I think that's a good idea. Uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they do, honestly, because they've already said they're going to roll with it next year. So I would not be surprised at all if, if that becomes a permanent thing. Um, oh, speaking of jerseys and looks, one thing... I thought about on Thursday night football and I wish I would have thought of this during our Jersey podcast with Jake, but the Packers like uh, green and yellow or I don't even know if yellow is the right term, but I love that stuff, man. Like a certain combo of it of, as far as like whichever one is like the primary like color on the big Jersey or favorite when they do like the green top yellow pants or something, it really does it for me. Oh, Okay. Like it, it just the specific color combo. Of green yeah, the and colors. I think it has. I think the a big part of it is just the classic, like they're the Packers and they're good, um, but it's also a pretty unique combo, like across sports. Yeah, that is true. Um, the the logo, like I could care less about. Honestly, <laughs> it's it's fine, but the colors are great. Um. All right, we uh. We have so many things to get to in our league, so let's let's jump into it. Um, let's start with, in my opinion, the game of the week. The most exciting game uh, was touchdown in Abbey against the Winter Faces in an an absolute nail biter that made that Sunday night football game. That I, maybe that's why I turned it on at the end. I couldn't remember, but uh, made it watchable at the end because both of these guys had some players there. As touchdown Nabby squeaks out a win with a two point two point margin and uh, gets their second win on the season. Yeah, truly a miracle, an absolute miracle we witnessed. I Very think, unfortunate for winter uh, faces. At one point, I know for a fact there was a, only a 2% chance of uh, Rob winning that game, according to Sleeper. Yes, for most of the game. I think I think it's because as long as Tom Brady was in there, they're like, of course, of course, Rob is not going to win. Yeah, something's going to happen. And then he threw three interceptions. Golly. So, and it, it was nice that 41 of Brady's, like, 200 yards went to Leonard Fournette for yeah. six catches. So, that's where... Uh, yeah, that'll get you. So that was very exciting. Um, we had a lot of upsets in the league this week. Um, that was one, and then you got upset by the God Kings. Mm-hmm. And Marley Magic upset the Matriarchs. Yeah, so teams two, three, and uh, what used to be four all lost this week. Um, I want to talk about Marley Magic here in a second, but uh, was there anything in your... I didn't really look at too deep into your team. Was there any... Like coaching blunders? No, I actually, I actually made a. I benched Hollywood Brown for Christian Kirk, which was good. And then, um, I mean, I had Jacoby Jones and Marquez Valdez Scantling on the bench, but like, I don't think either of those were a start this week. Maybe, maybe I could have talked myself into Jacoby Myers, but um, no, I, I was actually going to talk a little bit about 
this week and because the way that I described it is I, I feel like I got Jay Cutlered where <laughs> uh, like you may have experienced this. It's a it's a Sunday night football game. It's the Bears back in middle school or whatever. They're probably playing, you know, the Lions or whatever. And and it's like seven minutes left in the fourth quarter and the Bears are losing like 31-14 and like the game is pretty much over. And you're like, and Jay Cutler has 11 points. Like it's 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 done for all for all like normal people. And you go to sleep and then you wake up because you were tired and and you realize you lost because Jay Cutler in the last five minutes of a game that was already over throws for like 300 yards <laughs> and two touchdowns. But even though he threw four, like three or four interceptions throughout the game, which is why they lost. Like, and that's how I feel like with Brady's team and my loss this week. Like, I don't think his players other than Rogers like played well. Like, ten, like, I don't, d- does that make sense? Like their yeah. on field play, like, like Melvin like Gordon, Jay- yeah, Three like points. Jer- Jarek McKinnon got that stupid goal line touch. Like, why did he get that goal line touch when all game that had not been the case? Like, all of a sudden, though, the last second, he gets a touchdown. Yeah, that was at the very end of the game, too, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Like, yes. like, the last play of or something, like, very last minute. Yes. And so, yeah, that's rough. So, so frustrating. And so that so that's how I felt about this game. Like game was that my players on my side like absolutely dominated and won at their position in real life, but like it just didn't translate to fantasy. For a lot yeah, of them. <clears throat> that is interesting, and it's also weird to me that James Conner only got four points in that game. I guess oh, I know yeah. Big Ben had to throw it a lot, and that was a weird game in and of itself. But um, kind of weird, he only got four points. Yeah, something go something's going on, or you know maybe they just maybe the Steelers just thought this is how we're gonna win is throwing the ball like they can't stop us but they barely did it whatever their strategy yeah, was, was probably wasn't was the really right weird. one. It was a weird game. Um, yeah, I, I I get that analogy. I think that player now is um, well, it used to be Blake Bortles um, as far as like garbage time like King, and now it's Drew Locke. Uh, yeah, dude. <laughs> then my other league that I've been trying to tank in, having him has not been great. Like I also have Kyler Murray, but he's put up uh, Locke put up like thirty points this week, um, and like the Falcons were killing them, and then like he brought them back to within like a touchdown, I think. Uh, so yeah, I, I understand that analogy completely. Um, but like Evan Ingram, Evan Ingram scored eighteen points. Good for him, but the, but he he was targeted 10 times and only caught the ball five times for 40 yards and one of them happened to be a touchdown that's the kind of stuff that i'm like why why are why that is not a good game why did you score 20 points yeah that's this is where okay this is where i get like hot or like not about the tight end premium but i've been thinking recently that the 0.5 ppr is the way i'm more and more sold on it yeah it it can produce uh some very frustrating combinations like i mean like leonard fournette catching the ball six times and like when you watch the game he doesn't catch the ball past like one yard out you know and it's like yeah i can see like Devonte adams needs to be rewarded for like having this amazing rece- receiving game but like it's is it the same amount of points when leonard fournette catches it like you know parallel to tom brady i'm not sure um 
Yeah, or like here's one. So like Zeke this week scored eight points, or not, just like just shy of nine points, and he had eighteen carries for fifty one yards, and then he caught the ball twice for eighteen, right? So he had two receptions. He had almost eighty total yards, like on the day, mm-hmm. and he only scored nine points. If he would have, if that would have been like a wide receiver and you just halved the amount of rush like why he had he touched the ball 18 times why doesn't he get a point for it hmm. and i understand why like yeah but i'm just thinking there i think the half point may be the the way especially after you're talking about how ppr came about during that eddie george jamal lewis era of the nfl there weren't enough wide receivers yeah. to go around to play yeah because nobody was throwing the ball and if you had one yeah. of those guys it was just game over because like they were scoring like 40 points a game like Venice mm-hmm. and like all those guys like this is not fair like I, I picked number 10 they, those guys were all ta- those guys were all taken like you know yeah that is interesting I was also thinking uh, when I was thinking back about the, that when fantasy was like that my first couple years playing fantasy there was no live scoring and mm-hmm. so I remember I would like keep my computer up all day and I would like have a piece of paper and I would just be constantly like trying to keep track of like if I was beating the other guy or not yeah, I remember that. Like so the, frustrating. Yeah. Um, let's see if there's any other matchups. Oh yeah, I did. I said I want to talk about Marley Magic. Man, what a run! Marley Magic is now in the playoff picture. Not even just in it. He's in fifth place and uh, has w- mm. got a really nice win streak put together here. Uh, he has won. Let's see, won this week against the Matriarchs. He won. Last week against the Winter Faces, so he's beating good teams. He beat the God Kings the week before that, uh, and touched out in Abbey uh, before that. So he's got a four-game winning streak that he's riding here. He was one and four, and now sits at five and four, uh, and in fifth place. So wow. very impressive yeah. there. Um, and then I beat the popular ballers, who deserve a lot of credit for putting up a good one fifty, uh, despite not having a a quarterback. Um, they, I mean, they did get ten points from Taysom Hill. So, um, yeah. But the thing is, they would have the way this week was. They would have beaten pretty much every other team except for. Oh, never, never mind. They were about halfway through. But uh, regardless, um, I beat them, and I'm very excited because I'm now eight and one. And with the loss to you and Katie, I only need one win to clinch a playoff spot and two wins to clinch a first round bye. So. Very excited. Um, now the sole uh, points for um, leader passed you and Katie this week. Yes, indeed. You're up at the top all alone now. It was very nice to have Michael Thomas back. He didn't put together like a crazy Michael Thomas game, um, but it was still nice to see that he's like he's out there. So <laughs> That he, he is going to be allowed to play football again. Yeah, he didn't punch anybody else this week in practice or anything. So... Um, <laughs> Okay, let's get to it. It is time for our awards, and this is going to be a, a, a good awards section here. We've got our regular awards plus some specials coming up. So, Spicer, why don't you lead us off? All right. So, to lead us off, I'm going to lead us off with um, a, a kind of annoying award because this is a, I'm going to give out the, the Sex Up or Shut Up Award. what we have this week is this is going to go to myself because I was one of the <laughs> only people who had really a decision to make. It was one of those weird weeks where I was looking down and it's like due to injuries, COVID, 
buys, all that stuff. Very few decisions to be made. So for me, taking Hollywood Brown out last minute, putting in Christian Kirk, swapping in the 23-point player for the 6-point player, that was the one. Good to see you, Hollywood. It makes sense. I, um, yeah, I think you deserve it. Uh, you lost, which is, you know, that's a bummer, but, uh, that he definitely helped you have a chance. Um, I wondered if maybe it's really not crazy that I benched him though, but I did bench Jonathan Taylor this week. Um, yeah, I almost it, gave it to you for, for that. He needed to be benched. Uh, and then he fumbled. So he really, he didn't score a lot of points. Um, but I have to use him next week cause the chiefs aren't playing. So, um, but yeah, Christian Kirk is exciting. I like him. All right. I'm going to give out my Corporate Global Workman of the Week award. And I'm just going to go on record and say it should be Dalvin Cook again. But I'm not. I'm not going to okay. do it because that's boring. But it should be him. Like, let's just be clear here. He was the top um, scoring um, running back or wide receiver this week. And... He was amazing, just absolutely incredible, scoring 39 points. Um, I could have given it to Christian McCaffrey as well, but he did not win the game for the popular baller, so not going there. So I think this leaves us with Josh Allen gets the award this week because the uh, touchdown Nabby pulled out a victory, very narrow victory, and it, it was in a large part to Josh Allen, throwing 400 yards and four touchdowns, had some rushing in there. One of those was a rushing touchdown, so uh, that helped on the points, and uh, he had an amazing game against the Seahawks. Truly incredible. Truly incredible. Uh, I I still am not sold on Josh Allen. I, I don't know why, but like I said, he's doing it, though. He's yeah, he, it was interesting. You know, Early in the season, he was like everyone's sneaky favorite for MVP and then Russell Wilson kind of edged him out on that then after this game I don't know if it was enough to make back up the difference but I I think it doesn't matter anymore because I think like you said a few uh, weeks back it's probably Patrick Mahomes to lose now yeah I think so all right what's your uh, next award here all right so next up we have the pinchable cheeks award and you know it goes to uh, a player on a team who I feel like he might have all the most pinchable cheeks in the flaming hot cheetahs. <laughs> but so this award this week is going to go to uh, young Kyler Murray. I mm. absolutely loved watching him run around out there. Just one, uh, you know, a, a game where he also was throwing the ball to, to Christian Kirk. I was like, oh, he's he's out here chucking it around. But just over four hundred yards. Like similar to Josh Allen of, of offense mm-hmm. by him, rushing touchdown, three three passing touch or yeah three passing touchdowns one rushing touchdown just monster day, over a hundred yards rushing, Whew. wild. Yeah, huge game for him. Uh, helps the flaming hot cheetahs win <laughs> and avoid the tank. Um, yeah. I don't know if his. I'm afraid that I'm afraid that his tank might start coming up to here at the end of this season. I think that his team is DK could and some of those guys could just take him all the way. Well, yeah, because he he accidentally started Brandon Ayuk and he got zero points. So if he had subbed in, one of his only other options would have been like Chris Conley or Isaiah 
uh, McKenzie, and either of those would have put him at 200 points for the week. Wow. So, could have been in the club. That's right. Um, yeah, I, that's a, a great one. I, I'm so glad I have him as my foundational quarterback in my rebuild team on the, on the other, other league. So excited about him. Um, okay, this week we're going to go... I'm actually doing my next two awards kind of in one segment, and you'll see why. So let's take a look into the multiverse of sports. And, <clears throat> excuse me, this week I'm actually going to do a negative here uh mm-hmm. one instead of mm-hmm. like a positive one so mm-hmm. what if brady had listened to me <laughs> and started henry ruggs uh over evan ingram right mm-hmm. well he would have won by 0.04 and it would have mm-hmm. been amazing because it would have kept alive the god kings losing and winning by like one point <laughs> yeah that and is true it would have been so nice because i don't remember if either of you had like a sunday night player um so it might have come down to like an afternoon game or something but still no, i had i had breeze and camara in the sunday night game oh that would have been perfect because they were still they were in there doing stupid stuff at the very end so oh man that would have been incredible uh to watch um because yeah it would have been a point zero two uh, or wow. four i'm sorry victory so i would have loved that um but that's okay uh brady thankfully did not listen to me and he won handily so now let's because i mentioned it let's do hunter's hunches go ahead and get this out of the way you know what i like that idea uh he's i'm six and two i almost said he's six and two so still (laughs) great great record on the season uh but this was a pretty bad loss here uh henry ruggs was my prediction to score a lot i said he was going to get some deep deep bombs in that game against the chargers and here's the thing i i do feel a little comforted that there was two huge deep bomb passes in this game by Derek Carr but for some weird reason they went to Hunter Renfro and Nelson Aguilar like are you kidding me Henry Ruggs one one point so I don't know I didn't like follow him in the game to know if he was being covered well or if he was out there I don't know I just I thought it would have made sense and it didn't so taking the L um, but this week I struggled to really find, cause there's lots of injuries right now, lots of COVID there's still bye weeks. It's getting tough to pick these. So this is only based on the current lineup that is set. And this is for you, Spicer. Um, you've got a three game losing streak that we have not talked about. Um, and you need to snap it. And, uh, I think this week you're playing against a desperate team. Uh, the, the pit Kings are, now three and six even though they have the points to say otherwise uh still in the playoff race but i think this is borderline must win for them so you've got to got to shut them down and turn it around yourself and right now you've got uh can't catch a ball eric ebron in your tight end position as he goes up against the Bengals. and part of this is maybe just some like uh what's the word i'm looking for self-deprecation but I, I'm starting to feel the Titans are going to destroy the Colts. So you, you want to get ahead of that, and you want to put Jonu Smith in this week. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. I I woke up this morning, and I looked at my FanDuel Sportsbook because I wanted to see what the Colts-Titans line was, what they were giving them. And it was like one and a half is essentially a pick just shy of a pick And... Uh, 
And I thought to myself, no, I'm not betting on this game. I've seen the Titans don't beat the Colts. I've, I've seen this story <laughs> so many times. Like, I know how this is going to go. I absolutely do not trust it. Also, honestly, I saw Eric Ebron do the hurdle into the end zone this weekend and mm-hmm. thought to myself, okay, okay, I'll let you I'll let you have a shot. So that's really why he's getting a shot is that hurdle into the end zone. Also, Jonu Smith would have had a terrible day if it wasn't for those two plays back-to-back. And that yeah. would have been his third week of terrible. I mean, yeah, that's the story for tight ends. Like they are, most of them are only salvageable by by a touchdown, and that's been Eric Ebron's case too. Like he's scored a touchdown the last couple weeks. Otherwise, would have had a bad. I mean, he would have had a really bad game this week if not for a touchdown. He would have only that's had true. like two catches for like eighteen yards or something. So um, neither are great options. But because I'm predicting that the the Colts. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they'll be fine. But after watching, we'll, we'll talk about it later. I just, I'm not feeling great. So, Johnny Smith is Hunter's Hunch this week. All right. We'll see. We'll see if I decide to swap him in or not. All right. Time for our last uh, regular award. Who are we going to put on notice? All right. So, if I'm being honest, I was actually trying to think who who do we got on notice? We got TY mm-hmm. dude, stuck in the in, shadow realm. Stuck in the realm. We got Zeke. He's staying on notice for sure. We got Edelman, who he is like still hurt, kind of stuck. Yeah, he's not moving toward one way or the other. And then we put Devin Singletary. I, Sing, yeah, Devin Singletary. Is that all correct? I um, believe so. Yeah. Okay, so Devin Singletary, you take it a step closer to the shadow realm, dude. You got to get it together. <laughs> it's it's he. In a game that you win and score forty four points, how are you only gonna be out there and having six points? Like, he only touched the ball five times. It's 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 all yeah. for him. Um, it's bad. So, enough about Devin Singletary taking a step closer. Zeke almost to the shadow realm now. <laughs> He's he's on the doorstep. He better he needs to do some needs to pull something out here. Which they the Cowboys look like they might have like a serviceable quarterback, like one to at least let you play football with. So um That's I think Zeke might get I have a chance to get back on track at least. But this one is going to go to and this is the 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 first on notice from this team who they should have probably been put on notice a while ago. Um but uh Mark Andrews you have been hmm. put on notice. Um, yeah, he the, has not been great this year. Yeah, and it's tough because I know that it's kind of all part of the Lamar Jackson being having a rough year passing so far. But I think that at some point you just have to start saying, like, what is going on? And you just got to get put on notice. And Mark Andrews was coming in as, like, one of the only – like. I'd say like him and Travis Kelsey were mm-hmm. in like a tier of their own as tight ends. And then there's like everyone else below them. And he is and he's had his like three weeks of doing that, but the other four weeks or five weeks are just nothing. Nothing games. Yeah, he was top five last year behind Ertz, Kittle, Waller, and Kelsey. And uh pretty reliable this year. He's had a couple like good games, but uh, lots of games under 10 points. So he's yeah, not also, getting that good floor. Right. Yeah. Really, really bad floor. And like lots of drops. Like when you look down, 
Mm. He's still getting targeted quite a bit, but he doesn't. He has quite a bit, uh, quite a few drops this year. Probably might be as much Lamar's bad throwing. If you watch any games, like yeah, it's been rough for him. Yeah, and I don't know if uh, him struggling is a bad sign for my prediction of Johnu doing well against the Colts, but uh, <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Um, so, Mark Andrews, you have been put on notice. Getting a pretty good list there, some folks. We're going to have to talk about what happens if you end the season on notice. It's not going to be a good look. No, not a good uh, look. Immediately have to go to waivers. Have to drop them. So <laughs> you have to drop Patrick Mahomes, have to drop Joe Burrow. Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, so. they all going on notice. <laughs> but right at the end. All right. I'm very excited about this, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for our mid-season awards here. Oh, yeah. We've uh, been talking about this for a couple weeks, and um, it's time to do it. So... Each of us have, I think, uh, four awards here that we're going to give out. Um, some good, some bad. And um, I'm going to start. Mine are going to be kind of your traditional classic. These, these you, would, you would see these awards on the ESPYs. Um, and uh, Spicer went a little more creative with his picks. So my first award, we're going to start young. And we're going to give out a Rookie of the Midseason Year Award. And I'm actually going to give this out to two players um, because they... they achieve it with very different ways and there's it's all about the value here for me so joe burrow you're not getting it clyde edwards elayer no we knew you guys were going to be good so the first uh winner of this award is chase claypool clearly uh owned by the uh god kings here brady hyan did an amazing job selecting him in the third round at pick nine so uh with that pick i mean just insane um value and it looks like Chase Claypool is is like the real deal at this point. I think it's safe to say his third down work is amazing. It seems like he's kind of like the, I mean, better, but you know, the Adam Humphreys role can just run in there and get you a first down uh, every time. So that's the first player. The second one goes to not only undrafted in the NFL, but also undrafted in the corporate global dynasty league. This is James Robinson. Yeah just unfair that Wyatt just got to pick that guy up yeah pretty insane yeah I think he's a top five running back on the season I think he's I think he was number six when I looked number six so I mean he's number four now number four wow yeah Yeah, I mean just unfair again that one of the best teams especially (laughs) Wyatt got to pick him up uh you know, it was a weird running back situation going into the season in Jacksonville, and he came out on top of it, and the, like, there we go, number four. So those are my two rookies of the year, and uh, we'll see what happens uh, at the end of the season. Nice. Yeah, I like those picks. like those picks. All right. So now for my awards. So, I ha- so um, what I'm having are what I like to call – Willie's mid-season Tonys. So, what we're gonna do is uh, every every NFL season, I'll I'm, I'll be watching a television show and I'll just come up with some uh, made-up awards about characters from that television show. So I actually came up with I have seven different awards. Uh, this year's this year's theme is gonna be Arrested Development. So if you have or haven't seen that show, sorry about it. But don't worry, they're they're also kind of normal awards as well. <laughs> so. First off, uh, I want to give out. This is sort of a, a a dual a dual award, but I want to give out the Job Award. So, 
And this is going to be for the the biggest surprise or maybe the greatest illusion. Um, <laughs> for sort of like, oh, someone's doing very well, but I don't think that they're actually... Like, I don't think that this is actually going to continue, but mm. it's been such a pleasant surprise to see it. So, for the GM one, it has to also go to Marley Magic. we got to talk about <laughs> this funny. meteoric rise. <laughs> just, Very fitting. just how shocking. And yes, like, the whole thing is just too good to not to not let you have the first Job Award. Um, but then, for player, this is also I want, why I wanted to leave with this one, is, the, is James Robinson as well like what a mm. what a, a surprise but I, I i am curious like i wonder how if it will stay this way or if they'll be like like what what did the jags do with him yeah after, now yeah i don't know uh it's one of those things where it's like if it had been well i guess we're we're nine weeks through so like i feel like that's enough that he's probably good but it's also the jags so right i don't know Right. Um, no, th- this is good because you're right. Like the Marley Magic, I think like while we're celebrating their run, it does feel <laughs> feel like, I don't know if this is legit, but he still hasn't had Nick Chubb. So that's why I'm like, when Nick Chubb comes back uh, and now David Johnson just got hurt, or I mean, it may be just a one week thing with his concussion, but like Duke Johnson scored a lot of points because of that. And if he gets another week where he gets to like start him and he's ending up, you know, the starter in uh, Houston, then Marley Magic might just keep doing it. Yeah, I would say that if it, if, if the points for points against weren't so, uh, they're a little, a little wonky. Yes, that, that is, <laughs> that is fair. Um, Yes, that's where a lot of the magic is coming in to play. Yes. Uh, yeah. So that's a this is the that's the leadoff for the, my my first award there. So the first ever uh, Job Award. Nice. Congrats. All right. Um, I'm gonna do my second award here is another thing related to drafting, and this is the startup pick of the midseason year. Um, and I I probably won't do this award. Well, actually, honestly, anytime this type of conversation comes up, this is going to be the pick that will probably be mentioned. Um, there's a few that, that were good. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But just because of the year and the summer that we had our, our draft, um, this one will, I think, go down in history as maybe the best pick in the draft. And that's the Flamin' Hot Cheetahs taking DK Metcalf in the fifth round at pick nine. <laughs> Oh gosh! I mean, just Hunter, you kick yourself every day when you you wake up and say, "Gosh, could have had him in the fourth round, even the fifth round." I could have had him in the fifth round. Just stupid uh, that Noah was able to pick him there. Um, I mean, at the time, perfectly reasonable. That's about where he was valued. You know, good young wide receiver. People still not sold of you know what what he was going to do. But the thing is, now if you if we redid the draft. I'm thinking DK is probably behind Mahomes, maybe the first pick off the board. No way. You don't think so? No way. You're the, not the, taking you're not taking any other receiver over him. No, probably not, but uh I'm going to take I'm I'm probably going to take Joe Burrow. That that's fair. Uh, so maybe I should say the first skill position off the board cuz you're not oh. taking Saquon over him. You're not taking McCaffrey. At least I'm not. With both of them being hurt, I'm not taking Lamar Jackson over him. Uh, I, th- I think he's there, man. Yeah, 
Just saying. Hard, yeah, I mean, AJ Brown was pretty highly valued coming out. Like, he was a third round, as I think, where he ended up going. AJ. and He and went 4.4. D- 4. Okay. So, yeah. And he's definitely, like, risen, absolutely, and would be taken above many of the players he was taken behind. But I'm just saying... I, and yeah. I haven't looked at rankings, so I may be just stupid here. I don't know, but I would guess if you are if you looked at like startup dynasty rankings right now, DK is he's definitely the first wide receiver, but he may be the first skill position. So, uh, but either way, the fact that he was taken in the fifth round in our league yeah. is just amazing. The value there is insane. So that's my uh, my DK award. Yeah, we, we, I like that you just call it the DK award. Yeah, we just had to figure out some way. We had to make sure he got another award. Yep, yep. Uh, all right, back over to Arrested Development. Next up, my Buster Bluth Milford Man Award. So this <laughs> this award goes to the the player who is uh, best at being neither seen nor heard. Um, and this year, that award goes to Jimmy Garoppolo because uh, yeah. that guy was is was I know he just got hurt, and so it was kind of sad for me to put to make him this, but it's just like nothing. Like he he played in the Super Bowl last year, right? Like mm-hmm. same same team, same person, um, just completely, just absolutely gone. Um. Taken then, before DK. Wow. Um, unreal. And, yeah. and so, oh God, it pains me. Uh, even if it's not me. And then uh, coupling that award, uh, my Anyang award, Anyang, um, is, goes, this award is going to go to the player who was brought in just to piss off their older brother. And so this award goes to Nick Foles for coming in. Oh, pit, and uh, a side award, if there was a side Anyang, would go to Tua Tunga Bailoa. Oh, yes. Anyang. Both of them. So. <laughs> That's uh, really good. I just yeah. I just love the, I love the, de- like, pulling a starter out to see other, the backup. It's just classic. Yeah, especially in Trubisky's case, like, yeah. because Nick Foles isn't good. Like he's not good, so yeah, that's funny. I like that, and it it really just like speaks to Rob, especially. <laughs> I feel like because it's just been so annoying that he had to lose. He's lost so many starting quarterbacks this season. <laughs> yeah, um, and Nick Foles, that's bad. Okay, mine next season, uh, or next season, my next award is uh, my only, I guess you could say, negative one, and. Um, it is my mid-season LVP. So this is just straight up being mean. Um, this is the least valuable player. Oh, award. <laughs> and um, I hate to do this because this person is going to be really sad about this. But the LVP mid-season for 2020 is Leonard Fournette. And this is why. He was taken in the second round of the startup draft. And like... I will listen and entertain the arguments that because he is was only like 25 or whatever going into the season and he was thought to be the starting running back on a team. But I hated this pick from day one. And when you get cut before a season, it's just never good. Uh, when you're the, When you put that much stock into a player 
Um, and he's like been, I mean, he's had some games that are fine, but he's not even like a top 30 running back right now. Um, he's, he had like that one big game, I think in week two, maybe if I'm thinking correctly, missed some time due to injury. And then he's just been like solid, you know, five to 10 points or something. But the thing is, I looked through the startup draft for all these awards and in my opinion, really in the first five rounds, there's not a single pick that you can't look at right now and still be like, yeah, that's that's fine. Um, except for this one, unfortunately. So the fact that that uh, touchdown I'd be needed for net to be their like anchor on this team, like that's your RB1 that you took and uh, mm, not good. Not good. Man. So, th- lots of uh, bad luck too for for Touchdown Nappy as a team. So it's not just Leonard Fournette's fault. Um, like Cortland, Cortland Sutton out for the season. Darnold's been hurt. Singletary underperform, etc. But the uh, Fournette thing is is just really rough. Yeah, not good. Not so, good. Sorry. All right. Next up, over at the Blue Family, this award, the Oscar Bluth Award, is for the player who's going to come in in the second half of the year and do a complete 180, a reversal. Mm. Um, so who, is, who do I think is going to be my, my big second half player? Um, and this award, I'm actually going to. I was. I think I'm going to actually give it to. Um, I'm going to give it to Devin Singletary. I think that he has mm. a great chance to have a good second half of the year as the as the temperature gets cold, it gets windy up in Buffalo. I think I think he might get a little more work in than he's than he's had so far, and I I just I just think that he is maybe better than that. I don't know. Maybe he's just too small maybe he really is but i think that he is skilled enough to to really do something um and i'm a little surprised at how poorly he's done this year yeah i think that's a good prediction i like singletary i've said that before uh have him in another another place and yeah it's weird that he only got two carries this game um just odd and uh i think they i think the bills knew that the seahawks like had a terrible passing defense so they kind of just were like ah we got this in the air um, so they didn't really need him, but Zach Moss getting nine carries is a little bit of a concern, but you didn't really do anything with them either. So, um, yeah, that's a good prediction. Hopefully Singletary will turn it around, uh, for touchdown and Abby and, um, yeah. 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 And then to go along with Oscar, Michael Bluth award, and this award goes to the, the player who they're just always there for you. And we don't ever talk about them on the show very much because, they they're just so solid they never boom up or bust down so this is just a time to be like yeah so these players are um are going to be like just the unsung hero kind of award and so uh stefan diggs i knew it I, this I almost interrupted you and said can i predict who it is because oh, it's, it's Diggs. Yeah. Like that, that perfectly describes his season this year. Yeah, it sucks because he's been amazing. He is truly incredible. His, um, Camara, Alvin Camara is another one who, like, the fact that his worst game has been 15 points this year, and we haven't talked about him really at all. Yeah. 
he he just does it every game. And then the other one has been Keenan Allen has had an amazing season mm-hmm. with Justin Herbert. I know because where everyone's talking about Herbert, but like I was looking at his game weeks and he's been incredible. Yep. Just uh, so solid. Very quiet, but like you said, it's because he's not having massive games or massive disappointments. But it, all of his, all of their scores are good. Like they're not even average; they're good. Um, just not good enough to like blow your mind. Right. So, yeah, that's awesome. No, I, I, I almost was like, wait, 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 wait. Can I guess? <laughs> Stephon Diggs. Um, that's great. Uh, well, I just have one more award to give out here, and um, it's the biggest one. It is the Mid-season MVP. And um, similar to the real NFL MVP, there's always a discussion. Does this go to the best player? Or does it go to the best player on the best team? Does it go to a player that without this player, their team would be bad? There's lots of things to think about here. And um, so I'm just going to tell you, and you can decide how I picked it. But uh, I'm giving it to Dalvin Cook. Um, Okay. He has missed one game. Um, but with that said, he is still the second running back in, in total points on the season. He's 10 points behind Alvin Kamara, uh, like I said, while missing a game. Um, most rushing yards in the NFL, 858. Um, also, I got a little receiving there as well, but he already has 12 rushing touchdowns on the season, uh, which is the most by like three. Um, so he's he's doing that really well. And really, you know, he single-handedly is winning me games right now um yeah just like with the last couple weeks especially the uh almost 50 point game last week and then this week he had 39 uh and then even early in the season he had over 25 a couple times so uh just super solid uh thought about giving it to Kamara, but had to go with my boy davin cook understandable i yeah. i i i get that it was no, close but, yeah I mean, the only other person I was going to argue would have been maybe old Patrick. Yeah, I was thinking about Patrick uh, or even Murray, but he's on a tanking team, so I can't give it to him. Um, but it, it's all about, it was the record for me. Uh, if if you were still undefeated, uh, it would have been Kamara. But with that three-game losing streak on his record uh, at the last minute, if this was award was given out a few weeks ago, it would have been Dalvin. But Dalvin has come out as the MVP. <laughs> we'll be following this Alvin versus Dalvin closely for, <laughs> yes. for this award to see That's who right. comes out at the end. Uh, well, do you have any more? I do. I do. I have. Good. I have. I got two. I have two more. Uh, two more awards to give out. So the next one is what I'm calling the the Lindsey Bluth Award. So this this award goes to a player who just doesn't understand how to put in an honest hard day's work, and so. <laughs> And so this is just like a player who you're like they they make it kind of happen and they keep teasing you but like they can never actually put together like that breakout game or do anything you're just always disappointed at how much at the work they put in and that's Marvin Jones Marvin Jones is getting hmm. an award today um, he just like he's he's not terrible he's not like awful he's worth playing sometimes he has one week where he scored over 15 points. But other than that, it's like 9 points, 12 points, 8 points, 1, 2, 13, 13, 18. Oh, so that's that's who it's going to. It's like every now and then you'll, you'll get a little surprise, but it's not even that good. Yeah, so, and it's only when Galladay doesn't play. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then my last but not least, my uh, Tobias uh, Fuque Award. So, as as we all know, the the whole never nude thing with Tobias. So this this award is called the most likely to never. Uh, be able to show his true self and so this goes to the player who i think is absolutely amazing now and if they were on any other team that could help them out they would be like tier one like Mm. style player Mm -hmm. and so uh this award is going to go to terry mclaurin because that dude is has been amazing and i almost put him in with the the group of uh Michael Bluth Award winners of just mm-hmm. like the consistent, but he's on the Washington football team. I don't even know who plays quarterback for them any given week. I think they right. just sort of <laughs> randomly pick, yeah. and the dudes put up like four twenty point plus weeks. I, I'm just amazed because like he is so good, and that team is so bad, and he is still so good. Yes, that's funny that you mentioned him because I almost mentioned him earlier, and by saying I'm surprised that you haven't pinched his cheeks yet. Um, because he is producing great fantasy numbers with the likes of Kyle Allen and Dwayne Haskins. Uh, he has a very exciting future ahead of him. Yeah, I absolutely love him. I, I Like I said, the, the Washington football team, really, they not with the name change and everything, I'm, I'm really liking everything they're doing. The direction they're headed is a good one, I think. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Uh, well, I just re- remembered, I never actually said my multiverse like thing i just oh, yeah. talked about it <clears throat> so let me finish this since i don't have another award i'll i'll <laughs> go back to this real quick so um everyone knows i'm in three leagues i'm in this one the one i talk about the most <clears throat> excuse me and then this other one I, I hardly ever talk about um because my team is 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 pretty bad and rebuilding and uh it's with random people so it's not that exciting but i do want to talk about this trade that happened in the off season for DK Metcalf, okay? okay? It is, this person, it, it was on September 25th, actually, so that was the season I just started, maybe? I'm not sure, but listen to this. Oh, boy. The guy yeah. that has DK Metcalf uh-huh. sends away DK Metcalf a 2020 second and a 2021 second. Okay, lots to give up there. You ready for the return? Okay. Mm-hmm. Josh Gordon... Chris Thompson and Sammy Watkins. That <laughs> hurts me so much. It it is one of the worst trades I've ever seen. And I remember when it happened, it was bad. And I, but he was like super serious. Like, well, Josh Gordon, I think, is actually going to be like the DK Metcalf of the Seahawks this year. And Chris Thompson, since Leno Fournette is out, is the RB1 in Jacksonville. And Sammy Watkins is finally going to be healthy. And, like, he's going to be the number two with, like, Tyree Kill. And, like, he was trying real hard to, like, talk us all into it. And we were like, yeah, sure. And it gets talked about in that group chat on a, a every other day basis, I feel like. <laughs> because it is just god-awful. I cannot believe. That is... That's about as painful of a trade as I've heard. I think, it, I mean, th- what would it have taken for you for for someone to be like, okay, it, it's okay, like Joe Burrow and a first and a second for DK Metcalf? You'd be like, okay, 
it kind of hurts me, but I can understand. I could understand yeah. that trade. But to Sammy Watkins, Chris Thompson, has he even stepped on a football field? I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, man. It's bad. Um, like Sammy really bad. Watkins? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine putting your hope in Sammy Watkins. Chris Thompson isn't even owned in our league. Oh, my gosh. Um, he is playing. He traded DK Metcalf for waiver wire fodder. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That's what happened. I mean, I don't even know if Josh Gordon is owned either. Like, I mean, both of those guys could very well not be on a team. So, yeah, um, just uh, we have not had anything like that happen in our league yet. So hopefully we never will. Um, that's that's pretty bad. But, uh, yeah, sorry. That's my quick diversion back to the multiverse. Oh. Wild. Um, all right. Anything else? Any other awards or anything? No, that's it. Okay. Thank you for listening to the to Willie's first uh, mid-season Tonys. Absolutely. I love it. Um, I'm sure everyone that uh, listens to Rest of Development will get an even extra love out of that. Hopefully you all enjoyed that. And uh, we'll now close out real quick with a little bit of AFC South talk. Um, the We had an AFC matchup. AFC South matchup with the Jags and the Texans this week, which ended up being a kind of enjoyable game to watch towards the end. At least it was close and, and stuff. Um, Jake Luton mm-hmm. came in for Gardner Minshew and put together a game. Looks like he can play Luton. football. Jake Luton. Luton. I, I don't know how to I say it. I think they were saying yeah, Luton, yeah. but I can't remember. Probably. Um, but yeah, that when he threw that second pass and it was like a 75-yard touchdown to DJ Chark, I was like, oh, like... I mean, Chark was wide open and it, and everything, but it was a nice throw. Like, Gardner Minshew might be in trouble. Yeah, I was going to ask. I, that was a game I didn't catch much of. Is is that I was looking to see cause, because was Gardner Minshew was out for a reason, right? Like yes. a hand? I think he's something hurt. Or other? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you, is it, but the, like, what what do the Jags like want to do? I don't know. I I saw that Minshew's already expected to miss another w- uh, week, mm-hmm. so I I think it will depend on what happens in that week because uh, Minshew had he started out good and then he started to like not play as well the last few weeks. Um, still doing fine for fantasy, but like they're just not winning any games. So if this kid comes in and wins a game, then that may be maybe all she all for the for the Jags because I still I don't think that Minshew's long term starter so. If this yeah. gives them an excuse to like not play him and then draft over him, you know, they might just do that. Yeah. Gardner Minshew to me is like the perfect career backup. Yes. Like type of player. Absolutely. Just like what Nick Foles does. He's like he's like the same player to me. Yep. I agree. Um so yeah, that's the Jags, Texans, Texans. I uh they're they're not going to go anywhere. Um they beat the Jags, but now like two of their three wins are against the Jags. Um, and it wasn't in convincing fashion. So we don't have to talk about them anymore. The Colts, you know, I knew they were going to lose this game. I cannot believe they were favored. This was my lock of the week in gambling for the I Ravens know. to win. Yeah, me Just, too. I, I, like, what on earth? Were they, what, what? I don't know. Maybe, where that came maybe from. they. Because the Colts' passing defense and just defense in general has been so good, they just thought like, "Oh, they're just gonna the Ravens just aren't gonna score any points." That's the only thing yeah. I can figure is they heavily weighted that Lamar has been struggling. 
And I mean, they did do well on defense. Like the yeah. they held the Ravens offense to 17 points because one of the touchdowns was a defensive touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and like so, they did. You know, they did fine. But uh, yeah, this is Philip Rivers. Like went back to being Philip Rivers this game. Um, like bad completion percentage through interception, no touchdowns, uh, nothing in the run game. All of our running backs were struggling. Uh, but the main thing I want to talk about this game before we finish with the Titans is please tell me you saw that play where when Jonathan Taylor fumbled and the guy was running it back for a touchdown, Philip Rivers just like fell over and then he like like stuck his arms up as the guy like jumped over him and it was just the most pitiful like <laughs> comedy I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I didn't like I actually watched that play happen, but I, I kind of remembered the whole Philip Rivers falling down and him getting hurtled sort of uh-huh. deal, but it's um. it's just perfect like old quarterback comedy like just like you know he didn't even want to tackle that guy anyways and so he just like kind of falls and like but the way he like flails his arm up is so freaking <laughs> funny to me like if you're listening to this right now if you stayed with us this whole time please like pause the podcast if you haven't seen this and look it up like it is so funny and i just it was the perfect like ending and or it wasn't even the end of the game, but just like this is a perfect symbol of like the cold season. I feel like, like Philip Rivers just not actually being able to get the job done. Yeah, so. but hey, you're still right in the mix. Colts yeah. are right in the mix. And like I said last week, if we beat the Titans on Thursday, then uh, we'll be in the lead in the AFC South. So well, yeah. very odd. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the Titans. The um, the what, what am I trying to say? The Bears offense is so bad it made the titans defense look good it did it did indeed and you know i was so mad i'm gonna go ahead and get this out off my chest can i get that can i have this hunter oh we gotta can i have this um so can i have this that both the pass interference call and roughing the passer call on the bears last offensive drive were soft to say Mm. the least like like I don't know why, because, you know, a couple weeks ago there was a call that, like, had a much bigger impact on the game that didn't go the Titans way, I uh-huh. feel like. Yep. But it really pissed me off to gift them that touchdown. Like, I was in, like, Coach Spicer mode, like, up in the box, like, like I am just so mad that my defense let them score again. I'm mad that the refs, like, we pr- we practically lost the game <laughs> in my head because, because, because of that, even though we didn't. So I've still been kind of, like, sour about the whole thing, even though I made it up in my head. Uh, yes, you can have this um, because you. the game was not as close as seven points and it made it look like it was at the end because of that nonsense because the Bears scored 17 points in the fourth quarter um, and it, w- it was all a trick. It was all an illusion. They are not good. Nick Foles is not good. Um, so I, I also still don't think that the Titans defense is good, but here we saw what happened. So uh, I, I think... Uh, it was very nice, like kind of like a uh, like a good morale thing or like storyline thing that Desmond King was the one to pick up that fumble and return it for a touchdown. Yes, I was going to say that was a big, like John Robinson's trade deadline already looks like, even if it's total like offense, he didn't do like anything. Kind of he was luck. just yeah. right place, right time. But, <laughs> but he does still, make the play. Yes, yeah. he made the play. Exactly what I was going to say. And that's, you see, like that's the guy we picked up and like, that's good. That is what you want, Titans fans. So yes, and I and think sacks. Does there were sacks come? this week. Did we talk about that yet? Oh no, we didn't. With no, with no clowny. No clowny. Yep. 
Yeah, Clowney has not been great. And I've tried to I've tried to defend him because I do know he takes he sucks a lot of help and double teams over. Yeah. But and so it's tough for him, but And he showed up man. really late too. Yeah. In an for already sure. weird season. So Yeah. We'll see. Well, uh any uh final predictions for Thursday night football, Colts Titans before we get out yeah, of here. Yeah, do we do we want to talk about it? is there anything on the line for us? Or are we both at the point now where we're like ah. No, whatever. I'm. I mean, I've already been trying to b- stop being a Colts fan for years, like unsuccessfully. Uh-huh. So, like, this my emotion has kind of come out of it. Like, I remember I watched a game earlier in the season in real life with Rob, and he was like, "Oh, I expect." I think it was the, that terrible Browns game. He was like, "I expect you to be like more upset during this," and I was like, "I just can't." Like, it's Philip Rivers. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. the only thing that could pull me back in, like emotionally, would be if we draft a young quarterback. Some at some somehow that's like, you know, promising. Yeah, that, I can't do it sense. with the the veteran hopping. That doesn't do it for me. Yeah, that is a tough. That is a tough like team life to live in. Like Tannehill, exciting. Like even though he, kind he of wasn't a, a young draft pick, but it was like a oh you were broken by Adam Gase. Come over here, we'll fix you. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. You were Adam supposed Gase to has be to good. be so pissed about the Titans' success. He has to be fuming. Yeah, for sure. Like, just every day he wakes up and says, "I can't believe that they're the ones doing fine." Um, but uh, predictions for Thursday, I I honestly don't know. I think I did just look it up, and it looks like Adori may be activated, but I don't know this week. But I don't know if he'll play on Thursday because it's a Thursday night game. But I would feel much better if Adori was going to be back. I just, I just think that, as bad as our defense is, that you that Philip Rivers and and the likes can score enough points to get it done in a close mm-hmm. game, like a twenty three twenty, like twenty four twenty style game. My prediction is Tennessee Titans twenty eight, Indianapolis Colts twenty one. Hmm, no field goals. There's no. no there's absolutely goals. no way that these, this Thursday night game will happen without a field goal, right? There this, will be field like, goals, and they will be missed by <laughs> Gostkowski. <laughs> oh, that's fair. That's uh, fair. The Colts will only get uh, into the red zone and score touchdowns. And all the other possessions, they will not even get close enough for uh, goggles to kick any field goals. So that's my prediction. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah. So, you, you, how 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 sure are you on that? Uh, pretty sure. Mm-hmm. I feel really good about it. I would say, like, I will bet if the the Titans are only favored, I think by like two point five points. Like, that's gonna be my gambling prediction, and I'll probably put like a dollar on them. Okay. Yeah, a dollar. That's my <laughs> my certainty. Yeah, I I feel very <laughs> uncertain about this game. Just so everyone out there knows, but I feel uncertain about every Titans game. So nothing new here, everyone. I'm at the point where, like, if the Colts win, I'm not even going to be coming in here, like, bragging about it. I can't even, like, fake it anymore. Yeah. So that's where I'm at, just so you guys know. But, all right, we've, uh, this is a, the longest episode we've ever done, but I hope it was worth it. I hope you all enjoyed our awards and our, our uh, AFC South babbling. And uh, we'll be back here next week doing the same thing we always do. Spicer, it's been a pleasure. As always, thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great one. See you next week.
brought to you by Magiano Productions.